Are we, are we live now? I'm recording. You're Mumbrella listening to Mumbrella Cast. Mumbrella, Mumbrella Cast. Cast. Welcome to the Mumbrella Cast. I'm Damien Francis. Joining me to break down the week in media and marketing is managing editor Olivia Crimmel. Hello, Damien. And reporter Zoe Wilkinson. Hello. This episode of the Mumbrella Cast comes to you from the studio of Mumbrella 360 Reconnected in Alexandria, just south of Sydney. So please excuse any background noise as we try to put this together during the lunch break between two of the sessions. Later in the episode, you'll hear a particularly interesting part of the conference, WPP AUNZ CEO and Managing Director, Jens Monsees, who dropped by the studio to discuss the first year of his tenure at the network. But first, a quick look around the industry at the big news of the week. Q Marks steps down from nine, so where to from here? And merger talk across the industry as WPP Publicis and S4 Capital make announcements. In an unexpected move, Nine CEO Hugh Marks announced on Saturday, November 14, that he would be leaving the business in the first half of next year. The announcement to the ASX followed on Monday, but not before the media had uncovered relationships Mark had with former staff. The move came after a big week for Nine, after multiple announcements regarding Stansport and the annual general meeting. Olivia, you followed up in a number of areas after the initial announcement. Why did Marks decide now was the time to leave, and what did the market have to say about it? Thanks, Damien. The market was A, very surprised, but B, overwhelmingly positive of the impact that Marks had made on Nine in the past five years. So there was a little bit of, I suppose, trepidation because he's been so um, recognised for his performance that him leaving does leave some questions open about the future of Nine. As you mentioned, it was a very uh, big week for Nine with the announcement of Stan Sport. But overwhelmingly, the response from the market is that it's in a good position at the moment. The next person who comes in has big shoes to fill, uh, but hopefully the company is on the right trajectory and all things should be smooth sailing. Olivia, Hugh Marks also made comment about the resignation as well, as did Peter Costello. What did uh, both of them have to say? Well, Mark said that when he was appointed CEO five years ago, his brief was to lead the transformation of what was then a television business, turning it into a digitally based media company. And to be fair, he's done that. So he has brought together three legacy media businesses, each with their own structural challenges and investing in their assets that would ensure the position of nine going forward. So Peter Costello added that Hugh had been extremely successful CEO for Nine and had achieved so much in building the company during his time at the helm. He said that the transformation of Nine to a full multimedia and digital business had been all-encompassing. He added that they respect Hugh's decision, allowing plenty of notice to work through the next few months and enable an, an orderly transition. You're absolutely right. It is in a great position. It's one of the few media companies, uh, the only one, if I believe uh, correctly, that uh, is in a very strong position financially at the moment and has been making gains. Uh, Tim Burrows covered that in Best of the Week recently. But what do we know about the hunt for the new CEO? What what have you heard around uh, the industry, Olivia? There has been comments that within Nine, because there are so many different subsections of Nine uh, brought together by various acquisitions, for example, that they should be able to fill those shoes with someone internally. Uh, failing that, there's obviously others in the market, domestic market, who would be suitable to take on that role. The 
Nine board was going to hold an investors meeting today. So they were going to be updated on the board's approach to that search for a new CEO. We've not yet heard any further on that. And of course, Marx did note in his announcement that they would be looking internally and externally as well. So we wait with interest to see what comes out of that. Thank you for that, Olivia. Next, it's merger season as some of the big networks announce new business strategies. WPP has continued its effort to streamline the business, announcing the mergers of AKQA and Grey Group and Geometry joining up with VML YNR. Over at Publicist Group, the week also saw Marcel Sydney merge into Saatchi and Saatchi. And finally, Sir Martin Sorrell shared his thoughts on mergers with delegates when he spoke at Mumbrella 360. Zoe, can you give us some more details on the mergers that we saw over the last week and the implications for the market? Sure. I mean, I'll start. I'll actually take that in reverse and start with Marcel Sydney and Saatchi and Saatchi. I mean, this is a merger that has come about. It's probably not unexpected to a number of members of the market. Marcel has definitely slowed down in the last couple of years. It's gone from a staff in double figures down to just six staff members. And it's so it's been rolled into Saatchi and Saatchi, which is one of the legacy brands at Publicis Group. Uh, it's resulting in managing director Ryan Bernal leaving the business. And it also follows uh, Marcel Sydney founder David Nobe leaving at the start of last year. I mean, we had Michael Rabello, Publicist Group CEO, on the podcast last week, and he was talking about how the group can mobilise to bring together um, a number of brands and reinforce what the offering is to clients. So it's not overly surprising that this has come about. He also mentioned how COVID has accelerated these plans to bring, to consolidate the agency brands. So I, I think this would be one of those mergers that has come about due to COVID. Um, moving on to WPP, the announcement came through last week that Grey Group would be moving into AKQA to form AKQA Group. In Australia, that is happening. So White Grey, which is the result of the merger of Australia's The White Agency with Grey a few years ago, will be moving into AKQA. I spoke to WPP AUNZ CEO Jens Monsies last week about it and while it appears to me like uh, that merger is still sort of underway here, the negotiations of how that will pan out here is still underway, uh, Monsies was very keen to get across that this merger is about opportunity and about that transformation plan in Australia and globally for WPP to uh, bring together different capabilities uh, between agencies. So, AKQA is an experienced design business using blanket terms and Gray is more of that traditional creative body. And the line he used when speaking to me was to offer clients creativity empowered by tech. And I think that's a really good phrase, I mean, to really describe what the goal is for WPP at the moment. Um, Looking into the other merger that was announced from WPP this week, Geometry, which is an experience and activation agency, will be becoming part of VML YNR as VML YNR Commerce. So instead of the two agencies like fully merging together, this is Geometry becoming a subset 
of VML YNR. It's actually quite an interesting move to me because I believe geometry has history in the Ogilvy family. In Australia, geometry works with KFC, which is a big Ogilvy client. Again, this is another reflection of how uh, WPP is trying to consolidate its brands. I mean, I think speaking to you this morning, Damien, I think Jens Monsies said there's something like 64 agency brands in Australia um, under the WPP AUNZ network. So I think this is another reflection of how they're bringing all of those together. They've described VML YNR Commerce as a creative commerce company. I'm not 100% sure what that means though. So I think I'm looking forward to seeing what it actually does offer coming from these activations at various events and transitioning them into the commerce space. And yeah, it was really interesting because when I spoke to Jens Monsies last week about AKQA and Grey, I asked him whether we would expect another merger coming out this year and he said he didn't anticipate any. And then less than seven days later, we get uh, Geometry and VML YNR. Um, and then also coincidentally... We've had Sir Martin Sorrell speak at Umbrella 360 Reconnected and he, I mean, as we all know, he's quite critical of the way WPP has been consolidating its brands, particularly because of uh, the loss of the legacy and culture of a lot of the long-standing brands such as JWT, YNR and now Grey. And he labelled it as management by spreadsheet and simplicity is the hobgoblin of small minds which I thought were two very great catchphrases. But, um, yeah, it's been a funny week for us at Mumbrella with all of these things happening at once and managing to get great commentary from all of the people involved. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Zoe. We've had some great feedback and commentary from some of the industry leaders, uh, not least, like you said, Sir Martin Sorrell as well, who merger was one of the key words that he was using for a lot of the fireside chat that we had with him. Uh, in the morning on uh, Wednesday uh, as well, where he said the mergers would be one of the key uh, strategies for them moving forward. He, he didn't want to use the term acquisition. It was all about mergers. And, of course, he alluded to uh, the fact that they were planning on having Media Monks and uh, Mighty Hive rebranded next year in line with the 20th anniversary of Media Monks. And it was all about uh, creating a, a unified uh, group. So that'll be interesting to follow along with as well. And if you are interested in hearing everything Sir Martin Sorrell had to say in his session at Mumbrella 360 Reconnected, you can find it on our multimedia content subscription service, Mumbrella Pro. Just visit mumbrella.com.au forward slash pro. Next, my chat with WPPAUNZ CEO and Managing Director, Jens Monsies. Jens, thank you so much for joining us in the studio here in Alexandria. Yeah, well, thank you, Damien. It's great to be here. Jens, it's been around about a year in the top job, and we're going to discuss the year that has been and a bit into the future. So I'd like to, to start at the very beginning, if you, if you don't mind. Uh, you would have full known the, the situation that WPPAUNZ was in prior to, to taking the job. Obviously, there was a, a fair bit of time it took to, to make the uh, appointment. And you were 
having a, a very solid run in, in Europe at BMW, no less, and, and a great corporate history behind you. Um, now, I'm, I'll be honest, I, I'm a BMW fan. I, I grew up as a, a, a child with a, an E28 5 Series in the garage. A bit old and crap at that stage, to, uh, to be honest. Iconic. Uh, an iconic model, nonetheless. So m my first question, Jens, would be, knowing that WPPAUNZ was, was on a struggle streak at that time, share prices had dipped considerably, and you were quite comfortable uh, in your role in Europe. Why take this job? <laughs> I see that, um, first of all, the, uh, WPP needs a transformation. I did now three big transformations in my life, so I feel very comfortable. And the other part is, um, um, if you look at it and if you look at the numbers and the fundamentals that we have, it's a huge opportunity if we make things right now. So, um, you know, it was a little bit of an interview from WPP to me and also an interview from me to WPP. And then we discovered there's a huge opportunity and this is why I'm here. And the other side is a private side. Um, the last time I was in Australia, you know, I was 22 and I had a road trip for almost so a year. Last year then, 22? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I was so excited by that country and by the huge variety of, of people. And uh, I was actually quite sad to leave. So I said, well, Two things together. On the business side, huge opportunity. On the private side, a fantastic country. What is better as the next step? And let's, let's be honest, I'll, I'll call a spade a spade. Uh, you didn't necessarily, <laughs> from the trade press, get the, the biggest of welcomes, uh, not least from Mumbrella. Uh, one of the titles of an article that we wrote was, uh, and I quote, welcome to WPP, Jens, it's going to get ugly. Um, what were your expectations <laughs> upon, and I'm glad you can laugh at that now, uh, what were your expectations upon arriving in Australia and in that time where you were prepping to come, uh, had they changed any? Uh, no, um, but I see a huge acceleration in the moment uh, due to the global pandemic. So when we laid out our strategy to the board, to our major shareholder in London, to all the team, the brand leaders um, in in late January 2022, uh, 2020, we didn't even think about the pandemic. And now we are spot on because we focused on creativity empowered by data and technology. And these both things are in the moment merging so fantastically. So actually it was an acceleration. And uh, let's be honest, um, crisis um, offer on the one hand side opportunities and on the other side also challenges. Yeah. Were you surprised at the amount of, uh, of not just trade press, but main media press as well, uh, with, your, uh, with your appointment to, to this position when you arrived? There was a lot of talk, a lot of interest. Oh, um, I discovered that uh, Australia loves to talk. <laughs> and, and so, you know, um, I see also this as an opportunity because, um, you know, when people talk about you or about WPP without knowing all the things, then um, it's actually better for me as a CEO to come to you and say, hey, look, this is how it really is. So let's, let's be part of that conversation and let's have a transparent dialogue instead of, I think our old behavior was more like no comment, no comment, no comment. And I think that's, that's not the right strategy. So we changed that. And there, <laughs> here I am. Here, so, here you are. Yeah. And it is good to have you here. Let me, let me talk about the, the small period of time pre-COVID that 
obviously you were steering the ship because there was a, a bit of pre-COVID time yes. you got to enjoy. Yeah. A few months. Uh, October <laughs> you, you began, of course, and uh, you had until March. Um, now, let's uh, recall a few of the things that, that happened in that time. Uh, February, you re- revealed the overhaul of the, the operating model of, of WPPAUNZ. You established the, the campus model, uh, particularly important for, for Perth, Brisbane, Adelaide, the, the New Zealand uh, market uh, as well, Auckland and Wellington. You, you rolled that out. You also launched a product development company, uh, Big, uh, as well. So there was a lot happening uh, within a few months of, of you starting um how much time had you had to actually think about that to get involved in it and was that going to plan at that stage yes yeah, so um the first three months was basically just listening um interviewing clients understanding from our senior leaders but also from from our staff what do you see what are the opportunities what are challenges uh, listening to the board and uh, also listening to our investors. It's a big, uh, vital part of our organization. So um, with all this information, it was actually quite easy to, to write a strategy. So over Christmas, um, for me, Christmas and summer is, is very, very new. So um, I thought it's a, it's a nice thing to sit there in the morning on my balcony and, and uh, writing pieces of strategy. Now, I can think of better things in the morning to do over Christmas. But <laughs> well, no, no, it's, it's, it's nice and fresh in the early morning and um, my family is still sleeping at that, that time, so that's good. And, and actually then the most important thing for me was to discuss it with the leadership team. So in January, we took three days off, which is a lot with the whole leadership team, about 40 people, and then really evaluating, getting every point of view. And there are lots of points of view. There's no silver bullet in transformation. So you need to listen deeply. You need to understand what are the opportunities. You have to consider what is changing in the market. What do our clients need in the new world? And actually, with the pandemic, they needed even more, which is creativity empowered by tech. These are the both elements that they need. And then, you know, then we said, okay, we have a fantastic... Um, yeah, opportunity of bringing three things together. First, the whole tech play, implementing Adobe, Salesforce, Microsoft, building on that data, because our clients, they have a lot of data. They have CRM systems, but they don't really use it that much. So IT implementation is the first thing. And then seamlessly, the media operations that we do with our Group M, but also our independent media brands. And then it's creation and content. These are the three cornerstones. So if you think about it, you know, the consultancies are good on the IT implementation. We have a very strong core and heritage and footprint in the market on the media play. And we have a very strong footprint on the creative play. But nobody in the market is offering this whole thing across. So normally, you know, consultancies are saying, look, it's there, we build it, off we go. But you need to run it then. You need to run the tech. You need to incorporate new capabilities. And, and, and that is a piece that is missing. So sometimes, you know, some of our, not our clients, but clients of consultancies get frustrated. They invested so much money and then how it's running. And, and so I see a seamless integration. IT implementation, media operation, content creation. If we get these things together, there's nobody else in the Australian market with that footprint that we have. So that's the opportunity. 
It seems absolutely sensible. You, you mentioned before, you know, it was easy to come up with the, the transformation, but um, can you explain that a bit more in terms of, was that because uh, the operating model of, of WP pre previously was obviously flawed or you just had an idea in your head that this is where we need to take this? No, um, I think um, when they built WPP far before my time, mm. they did right. They acquired great brands, uh, great leaders, uh, great capabilities, but they were stacked in silos next to each other. And in a connected world, um, you cannot be in silos and disconnected. And that was very obvious also for all my leaders. So they said, yeah, collaboration is a principle, but collaboration then needs to be not a fluffy thing, it needs to be embedded in the body. So I see WPP, AUNZ as a platform where our strong brands are flourishing on. So, you know, you don't need to have big differences in financial systems. They are not differentiating. You don't need um, a different HR solution in each brand. You know, we are people business, so we can streamline this. Mm -hmm. IT system should not be different. So that's, that's a platform, and WPP is not a corporate holding. For me, it's a platform where our brands can flourish on. And then it was probably a little bit the mindset of brands first, and actually it's customers first, our clients first. Whatever they want, whatever they need, out of our huge capability portfolio, we should make accessible to them. And that seemed to be in the past with more siloed brands or independent brands a little bit more difficult. And now that is very much seamless. A big, big job, though, when you talk about uh, 60 or so a agencies, 1,500 or so Yes, 100, 140 Huge. legal entities, mm. 64 mm. brands. Yes, but we also, um, as we um, stated at the beginning of the year, you heard the news of the last days. Mm -hmm. So we are um, consolidating fewer and stronger brands with a larger and seamless portfolio is the right thing to do. And, and we are doing it. Now, let me uh, remind you then of, of the March period that, that happened. Uh, the, yeah, the there was a bushfire period. There was a bush, <laughs> of course, there was a bushfire period as well. But even during that bushfire period, uh, the, the share price of WPPAUNZ rose since you, since you had come. It, uh, I believe around March 5, it was sitting around the 62-cent yes. mark, which was a, yeah. a decent rise, particularly yeah. a short period of time there. And, and then, of course... Uh, COVID happens, um, and very quickly around the April mark, very early April, we're, we're seeing 20 cents uh, a yes. share. Small dip. The, the whole market uh, went the down. The whole market yes. went down. Um, let's, let's be honest about it. That's not a WPPAUNZ <laughs> thing. The whole market, the, the floor comes out yeah. uh, from under it. You announce uh, pay cuts, reduced hours, a $70 million cost-cutting plan. Um, does the original strategy have to be thrown out the window now, or how do you now deal with no, what's it, happening? No, it's, it's, it's interlinked. It's a, it was a big future fit program that we would run anyhow. Because, for example, if you think about what we did with our finance community, um, every of our brand had a different CFO, different system, and, and to 
you know, to make it work, that cost a hell of a money. So yep. to streamline and to, to make it leaner was actually part of the transformation strategy. But in crisis, we needed to accelerate, and, and we did. And so I'm, I'm very, very proud of our team because um, it was really tough times to make the, the company future fit. And uh, let's not forget, until May, uh, we didn't earn anything. We were in red. So we needed to act. And uh, luckily, we had all our plans and our strategy ready already. So we just had to accelerate the implementation. So, and, and it's a big achievement. So the, the first achievement is the market actually in, in media buying is down 27%. We were down 14%. It's a big difference, a big outperforming of the market. Um, the second part is since June, we are in a COVID year more profitable months after months than in 2019. So actually the strategy is working and it has a lot of traction. Yeah. But the main part, and I'm very grateful that uh, our team was, was actually taking that challenge and being so agile. We had to bring everybody working from home. Um, you know, yesterday we had to close down the Adelaide office again. Um, so it, it's, I'm impressed by the flexibility and agility of our team, and I, I'm very grateful for that. You mentioned some of the numbers there, of course, coming out of the, the, the Q3 earnings report, and um, they, they were quite promising for WPP, AUNZ, particularly from a historical point of view, there, there yes. still seems to be a, a, a lot of progress uh, yeah. happening. But I'd love you to uh, maybe explain to me, in light of the situation as well, <laughs> is this where you expected them to be? Were you surprised by those results or did you want more from those results? Oh, we, we definitely want more. Um, we have now our ship in order. So next year, it's all about top line because, you know, I think one of the speaker here mentioned it's a whole new norm out there. So our clients need to navigate that norm. They have to, they have to interact with their users, shoppers, consumers in a different way. And, and um, this is where we are, I think, the best placed partner. And, and um, you know, it's consulting, it's data, it's tech, but it's creativity, it's media as well. And all together, seamlessly connected, makes a huge difference. Which is an interesting point about but clients' needs and, and how they've changed and, and how you've worked with them to address that change. You mentioned the, the, the consultancies and their basic kind of operating model previously and where you can step in and, and carry that through. But during the, during the last few months, and, and even potentially before that, you know, our industry has been talking a lot about um, MarTech and, and tech integration and the other opportunities from e-commerce, etc., uh, and agencies weren't necessarily primed to see that through from start to finish. But what have the clients been saying across the, the range of WPP <coughs> agencies that they need to focus on? And how are you seeing that opportunity in terms of WPP getting in there and, and growing with them? Yeah, so as you mentioned, there's a lot of talk. I often say digital is a bit like high school sex. Everybody talks about it, few are doing it, and nobody does it right. So, um, you know, there, there is more than a talk. You have to understand it. So where is your data in a, in a big bank, in a big automotive company? Um, where, where is this data sitting? How do I make it accessible and make sense out of it in real time? 
how many of our clients in the moment have a decent data strategy and have the IT infrastructure underneath it to, to harvest and make sense out of the data. And then <coughs> you understand your, your users and your shopper profiles. And then you come out with the right message at the relevant channel at the right time, at the right place. And, and these areas with the right content. So the content needs to be integrated as well. And, and that is why a lot of our current clients, advertisers are struggling because it's still sitting in different buckets. Uh, you know, I'm the IT department, I'm the CRM department, I'm the marketing department, I'm the media department, I'm the business unit X, Y, Z. And as long as we don't bring these pieces together for our clients, we will not get the most of our advertising. And I think, you know, it's on us now, it's on WPP and on other advertising companies to bring the economy back, to make that interaction between the users, the shoppers and our clients. And that is new and that is different. And, and there I think, uh, you know, Gartner just showed that um, actually AKQA is outperforming Deloitte and also Accenture on the um, marketing agency side. Um, we have all the necessary skills and capabilities. We have great talent. We just have to bring it to our clients in the right way. I'm going to ask about uh, the, the agencies and how you've reshaped some of them and, and the campus model, of course, uh, in a second. But I'd, I'd love to just touch on quickly as well the idea that you just... Uh, the analogy was great. Um, but, uh, look, I, I agree with you because the amount of time that, that we in the trade have talked about, whether it's programmatic advertising years and years ago, whether it's big data, or whether it's behavioural psychology and, mm -hmm. and different important areas of marketing that we seem to discuss a lot, but you don't see a huge amount of, of action, perhaps. You still see the traditional... It comes now. So um, with that change and the, the pandemic, um, there are other people coming into play, um, people that have the right and the left brain, the creative side, which is still most important to create that magic around brands, but then also understanding the tech piece and the data piece and bringing it, it in a relevant context together. And, and that is, I think, um, what we will face for the next two to three years in terms of not only talking about it, but implementing. We see that Adobe, Microsoft, Salesforce are rising in our region. We grow with them because we are the right implementers and, and the right partners for them. And uh, together we will make that magic now happen. Um, but it depends. We talk about a m digital maturity. Some clients are at the beginning, they don't even have a data strategy. Um, and some other clients, like for example, Uber, Uber Eat is one of our uh, big clients and growing, and um, they are at the forefront. And, and it's great that we are the ones serving them because, you know, mm. also Google uh, is a big client of us uh, for Essence. And they are very demanding, they're very data driven, and we are the ones delivering them uh, the right services. So that's fantastic. Who's leading this, this charge? Who's, um, I guess, who's in control of the, the push into making the most out of, out of 
technology, data, and MarTech? Is it the MarTech companies, like you've mentioned before, Salesforce and Adobe, who are sort of plowing ahead and saying, this is what you need, and we're going to develop it for you? Is it the market is saying, no, this is what I need. I need you now to actually make that happen. Or is it the agency saying, we, we're, the, we're the in-between. We know both sides now, and, and this is where we need to be and, and how to get there. Um, it's us. It's IT implementation. It's media operations. It's creating content. They need to come together. And, and this is what we do internally as well. These parts need to come together. So I'm a strong believer of our, of our brands, but we have different value propositions. So for example, um, if you take Ogilvy or Wunderman Thompson, the brand agency, WML, YNR, they're fantastic on the crea uh, creation, content creation side. And then AKQA is very strong on the experience side, on the tech side. AKQA is a main implementer of Salesforce, Adobe, Microsoft. And, and then the media part is GroupM, it's Icon, Switchable Media. So all these um, capable people there, I think it's more than a thousand in our company, making that run. And now we connect the dots. And it's, it's simple. Um, and I love it's how you all, keep saying it's simple. Well, it's, it's all about implementation, having a clear plan, having a vision, and then having the right people who are bringing the dots together. And, and for example, with our big client KFC, it's fantastic. It works all together. So we are doing the media part. We are now talking about the experience part. And, and uh, actually, KFC with their apps are quite advanced in that field. And we are proud of it, being a partner. And then it's the creation part, which we're also doing. So th that's, that's a new norm. Think about our 1,500 clients, active clients. If we deliver this, we're fine. Now, I'm going to sort of pivot a little bit and talk about that, that restructure. You know, it kind of goes well with uh, what we've just been talking because I knew I'd do this. We've got a few minutes left. and As usual, uh, there's too much to, to talk about. Um, the campus model. Yeah. Uh, and shifting to that and making sure that everyone's on board and, and behind uh, the, this fairly big structural change with WPP, AUNZ. What was the feedback like and what, what did you find were the biggest challenges in implementing that model? Well, um, the first of all, you have to identify that the campus model is not implemented and will not be implemented in Sydney and Melbourne because we have so huge uh, agencies and brands there that we don't need it. We have many people there. In a remote place like Perth or like in New Zealand, we have, you know, 100, 200 people on the ground. And we need to serve that client in the best way. So if we then have, you know, brands in silos, we cannot cross-pollinize the, the capabilities that we have on the ground. So actually, um, when a client in New Zealand like Ford says, hey, I need a, a social strategy, we are there. It might sit in a different brand, but we deliver with a person and we deliver on that, on that ask or requirement. If they say, oh, we need a tech implementation, we have it. Maybe in a different brand, we bring it there. So it's, it's, a, it's a new way of working. It's a collaborative way of working. And actually, um, we, need to be, we need it to be more collaborative um, because in a connected world, you need to work collectively. 
Now, uh, you've told Mumbrella previously, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that uh, we would see uh, the, the first stage of the transformation plan uh, sorted in, in early 2021 and then yes. moving on to, yes. to stage two. Obviously, you, you alluded to it before, we, we've seen the news recently of, of the AKQA group uh, and White Grey moving into it. Can you tell me, uh, are you on track to hit that stage one transformation? Um, and what should we expect from, from that when it's all sorted? Yeah, so, so the original plan was like uh, mid-2021 to, you know, third quarter of um, 2021. Due to the acceleration that we had to do in the pandemic, uh, we are actually faster. Um, so um, the dream is in Q1 having one CRM system across all the, the brands, having one very strong HR community, one finance community, one IT community, and then our center of excellence delivering across the brands, then the right uh, data capabilities, AI capabilities, the, the uh, tech agnostic consultancies to our partners and clients because, you know, sometimes they need to navigate is, is for us, for our business model, is there Salesforce better or is it Adobe or is it Microsoft? I don't know. And then we say, hey, let's look at your model. Well, for you, probably you need both or you need this or you need that. Every business is different. We have just about run out of time, Jens, but I will hit you with one last question, if sure. you don't mind. Sure. Uh, look, just a, a bit of a general question. What, what are you preparing for in 2021, and, and how confident are you that uh, we'll see a, a continued progress, even the rise of uh, or the re-emergence of, of WPP as a true force? Well, there, there are a few M&A um, uh, projects in the pipeline uh, that I cannot talk about. So I'll um, keep calling you every day and just say... <laughs> <laughs> I, I call you. I can tell you when we are ready. Um, <laughs> but but the, um, the main part, you know, it's the biggest thing. We need to bring the economy back for Australia, for New Zealand. This is, this is our driving principle. Who, who else should connect and, and create that demand, that consumer demand? We were in recession. Now it's on us to bring it back together with our partners. And that's where, you know, you can count on that we do with every force and every energy uh, and every positive energy to, to bring that back. Because I think it's a fantastic country and, and uh, WPP has a, a big role to, to drive that growth back. So that's what we are striving for. Jens Monsees, it's so good to see you at a Mumbrella event. Thank you so much for coming down and, and actually being present with us. It's a nice change by yeah. comparison to the, the virtual sessions that we've it's been exciting. having. It's exciting. Thank and you. We look forward to speaking with you a lot more in 2021. Yeah, me too, Damien. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's it for this week. But if you have enjoyed any of the insights from Mumbrella 360 Reconnected shared this episode, you can catch up on all of the event sessions on Mumbrella Pro, including Ben Lilly's retelling of the McCann buyout, Tim Duggan's tips on how to build a loyal following for your business, and Top Marketer's reflections on pivoting during COVID. Umbrella Pro houses hundreds of hours of exclusive video content and audio analysis, comprehensive industry directory with over 2,000 contacts across agencies, media, companies, and brands, and be sure to check out the brand new case studies for top insights on just what goes into creating award-winning work. 
Subscriptions start at $79 a month with a seven-day free trial. And for those of you who attended Mumbrella 360 Reconnected, our Sports Marketing Summit, Finance Marketing Summit, or Audio Land, don't forget about your exclusive code to unlock Mumbrella Pro for 30 days complimentary. This can be found in your confirmation emails. Go to mumbrella.com.au forward slash pro for more information. That's it for this week, though. Tune in next week, and we'll see you then. Thank you.